welcome to number seven. I'm here with three fools. What are we talking about? Today? I thought you were gonna say I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded so sensual, Mike. <laughs> it was like, I, I know. I'm here with three fools. Welcome to thoughts so thoughts. we had some audio troubles recording that intro, and the difference between the first time that Mike recorded <laughs> and the second time so was much. just night and day and, <laughs> and <laughs> half a beer. Oh, first one was so much better. Oh, uh, <laughs> you should have been there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so four fools here with me. I'm Chris Gibbs. Uh, we have Michael, Mr. I don't know how to hold a microphone. We have Holla. Sam, I don't laugh into the microphone, and Adam. <laughs> nice. Hey, no. uh, seven episodes in, <laughs> Adam. and we're still teaching Sam how to laugh into the mic. <laughs> Working on it. No. Goals for this podcast. This one will be better. <laughs> hey, you know, usually I kind of introduce the topic here, but Michael, it was kind of your idea. So I'm going to let you take it away and explain what we're talking about and maybe oh elaborate as to how you <laughs> decided to talk about it. I'm going to go ahead and botch this really quickly. Dude, I do it every <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> so based off of my elaborate research of about five YouTube videos and two articles, Today we are going to discuss Moore's Law, which it all started back in the early 1950s with this kick-ass, geeky, smart guy named Gordon Moore, and he noticed a pattern that was occurring uh, with transistors and the speed within which they were actually being able to produce them and put them into like computational utility right yeah so gordon moore he wasn't like just some random guy uh, <laughs> he was he a really uh, smart guy <laughs> he's one of the co-founders of intel so all of the chips have probably i mean he's probably had a hand in the technology that goes into every single like microchip that's in all of our devices nowadays um yeah and, and but that all happened before intel right uh so 1950s i actually don't know when the first like silicon wafer with transistors came out um early 1900s early like a single before it was on an integrated circuit yeah oh thank you bernoulli (laughs) (laughs) tell us more uh some guy i don't know his name he patented the first uh kind of transistor just a single one uh and that was even before they were even really producing them yeah, and transistors are just little on-off like uh, pathways, right? Correct. So it's literally like binary. It's like zero or one. So it's crazy to think though that like all of the processing and computing that goes into your computer right now is like like a hundred percent just um, like zeros and ones well making then that decision of what to do. And by the way, the pattern he recognizes that they are the transistors. They are getting half the size about every 18 months to two years and then they are also the price of them is actually being cut in half within that same time frame and so he started to make projections about where we would be you know five ten twenty thirty plus years yeah and And it's super accurate thus far and that's what we call moore's law (laughs) yep so uh, the topic today kind of like exponential growth so for well (coughs) or Go ahead. And re- real quick to put this in perspective, um, I mean the you can see anyone can see Moore's law in action in day to day in their day to day lives because you look at your cell phone and your cell phone is an example of Moore's law because that exact same to get that exact same computing power you needed 
uh, I don't know what, I'm just going to make up some numbers, but say 30 years ago, <laughs> and this isn't going to be accurate, but no, close. go on. We'll, um, we'll just lay into you if it's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> so 30 years ago, you could, to get the same computing power as, uh, as a basic cell phone today, you needed a computer that filled up pretty much the whole floor of a building and cost millions of dollars. Um, so that is a very, very rough and inaccurate yeah. <laughs> example, but it kind of illustrates... Trillions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does illustrate that, though. Is is And the reason that that computing power is like progressing so fast is because we are able to... like We're able to etch smaller and smaller um, little valleys inside of these silicon wafer chips that you can put like metal inside of, and that is like how the transistors are made. And because we're able to, like, you know make those microscopic uh little like troughs to put that metal transistor in like smaller and smaller that's how we're getting like more and more transistors i mean to the point where you're like looking at them through a microscope like you can't see them with the naked eye so it's really cool it's true they're literally on nanometers is the space between transistors right now yeah aren't they and billions like of transistors on you know a given device which is insane to think about starting from one it's just the Drake song started from the bottom really comes to mind <laughs> <laughs> when talking now about we're here. <laughs> exponential growth. Maybe that'll be the now name we're of the episode. At Twenty billion. He was probably is that what he was rapping about? Gordon Moore. Now that I think about it, he's like, "Gosh, I got this sick beat." Oh, what's this Wikipedia article? <laughs> started from the bottom. Now Moore's here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was listening, or I was uh, listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about how iPhones like we shouldn't have iPhones at this point in our like evolutionary stage I mean it's it's something that's so crazy advanced (laughs) that is only possible because of Moore's law and and specifically the chips that are going into our (laughs) into our uh, telephones Um, but like you if you think about it like 30 years ago like they would make predictions about you know 2200 like year 2200 and uh, in year in like you know, 200 years in the future, they have flying cars, but the dashboards are just a bunch of, like, switches <laughs> and shit. <laughs> it's like, my iPhone does more than that dashboard does in that flying car in the future. Like, they had no idea how fast and how far technology would come. It's like a 1920s factory put into a flying car. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Give them a break. They didn't know. <laughs> yeah, but, like, like, even Star Trek was like, oh, we, you know, kind of, like saw cell phones coming into the like fold before they happened. It's like, well, they had walkie-talkies back then. <laughs> it was kind of just an extension of that. They, but like, there's like our iPhone can do like as much as <laughs> that. Uh, like their entire uh, dashboard on the Star Trek Enterprise. A, a few years ago, I rewatched uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Great, and <laughs> great <laughs> film. I thought it was so funny when they're sitting there in the spaceship, <laughs> and they've got all this advanced technology <laughs> and all these amazing things. Sorry, Sam. And then, <laughs> and then the display for the computer was just this black screen with <laughs> green like super super blurry lines. It wasn't even touch screen. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't even yeah. And that was like the number one selling movie that year <laughs> is 2001 oh. A Space Odyssey. I mean, They're like man that stuff is futuristic. <laughs> you could also just jump like a decade or two ahead and even think about the Nokia and the games available on a Nokia. Mm. Like oh man I just beat my snake record. Snake dude. <laughs> that was Third grade ghost. history. Oh, yeah. Man, my snake, there's no room left on my screen. 
Look how big my screen is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just black and white. It's terrible. <laughs> um, yeah. I now mean, look at us. So Golf clash. Yeah, and now you take like cell phones and you Sponsor. say, okay, uh, well, those have a lot of abilities. And it's like, what well, you know, like let's take that technology and let's put it into a watch. <laughs> and so, <laughs> like literally, that's what uh, Apple did is they took uh, an actual like computer chip and put it inside of like their Apple Watch. By the way, if you hear any rustling, it's just Keto in the periphery. <laughs> <laughs> we still don't, we can't get him to. Yeah, we can't get Keto to Keto, stay away from the mics. <laughs> just kidding, it's Indy. <laughs> yeah, the it's, dog. It's my puppy, and he's not sleepy enough to be on the podcast with us today. Super cute, though. Yeah, that's fun. Um, okay, actually, I had another example of this, and it's kind of, it's along those exponential lines. Um, so you're talking about TV screens. Now, like, think about this. A hundred years ago, like, actually pretty close to about a hundred years ago, uh, the first, like, moving picture was, you know, produced. And the reason was is because there was these two rich guys, and they were having an argument about uh, uh, whether a horse's hooves touch the <laughs> ground or ever, like, completely leave the ground when it's running. Now, <laughs> what they did is they took... That's absurd. <laughs> yeah, these two rich so guys absurd. in New York were just like, <laughs> oh, no, they don't. Inventions. And so, yeah, I know. This, where the <laughs> fuck was I last week? Well, no, so they, they set up eight cameras in a row, and they, like, s- took pictures in a sequence. And uh, I think it might have been Thomas Edison, to be honest. I, I can't remember Shout specifically. Out. But <laughs> but he was like, oh, I can monetize this. Whereas those two, like, <laughs> I can only imagine that the, the two, like, you know, rich guys having the argument, we're like, oh man, we can see like how elephants run, and <laughs> we can see how cheetahs <laughs> run. <laughs> They're like, man, we can see how so many things run. Thomas Edison must have been like, these fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so take that and like send it a hundred years down the the road, and now we're not just talking about like. Now we're at like the pixel level where we're like so far advanced in our um, like film technology that we're talking like we're at 4K right now. I think an 8K television is coming out pretty soon. Uh, and that's, then that's insane. I think the human eye can only handle about 32K um, or it might be actually 16. I can't remember which one. Um, but if you're looking at like that amount of pixels in what's the what's the actual measurement for a pixel like how many uh, actual i guess well there's you th- know there's not a constant size uh but a pixel a pixel is just one dot um on a screen that can be changed to either red green or blue okay. um it, but isn't it uh, they measure like okay 32,000 pixels is how many dots in a measurement right i think that's what a, a pixel is isn't it no, a pixel is just like one dot. square inch. Mm, no, so you can do a measurement PPI pixels per inch, but that's a different story. But like every TV, so if you have an HD TV, that's 1080 by 1920 pixels, uh, vertical by horizontal. But then it doesn't. Me- it, it depends on the size of the screen. If you have a 65 inch HD screen, those pixels are going to be bigger because they need to fill it up. But it's the same resolution. If you have an, a full HD uh, cam or uh, cell phone screen, it's the same resolution, so they're the same number of pixels. But those pixels are tiny because the screen's tiny. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. So we're talking entire screen, Boom. 
and how Adam. many little dots of light are Gosh, in that one screen. Yeah. You right. are a fountain of wisdom. So, yeah, but uh, all right. Pixels. But that's like an example is went from 1080p being like the highest to 4K, and then now we're talking 8K, and it's only been like six years or since 4K came out and like was yeah. commercially available. And now a 4K, they don't even make 1080p's very much anymore. Well, I mean, they do, but it's like. Not really. Yeah, most of them. Yeah, most, most TVs them, are 4K. Yeah, the standard is 4K. So, uh, like. TV screens it's is another example of like the tech just exploding from there, like from where it came, where we took eight pictures of like a horse running. <laughs> and on the flip version of that, uh, there's digital imaging sensors. So any 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 type of camera, basically, the pixel density or well, the pixel count of those are, is going up exponentially. Wow. You know, so oh yeah yeah. Well, like I mean, for the same reason that our TVs resolution is going up, also the cameras that we use to film that stuff. You know that resolution also has to go up. Yeah, we used to have like DSLRs that had five, <laughs> what is it, five megapixel yeah, cameras yeah. on it, and yeah, now exactly. my phone has <laughs> is like sixteen or your thirty-two. Your front-facing <laughs> camera that you use for <laughs> FaceTime. Those yeah. cameras were so <laughs> GD expensive. I know. Yeah. Holy cannolis! Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to you know watch the language for the. Listeners out there, <laughs> shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> Is your grandma still listening to this? We got some complaints <laughs> from a certain place. I don't want to, you know. Did we? <laughs> uh, Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did not. It, you know, that, that one listener from Portugal did not say anything True. about her. Yeah, they I probably th- stopped after last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about our Portuguese listener, by the way. You what? thought about him? Good yeah. You, buddy. What if he's not from Portugal? What if he's just using like a VPN? What if it's oh, a so she? He's VPNing from or. Uh, no, I saw the picture on SoundCloud. It was a he, um, <laughs> right, probably. But <laughs> no, you <laughs> I, uh, got his name. We t- we, we yeah, we had his name. Out. No, so that guy. Uh, yeah, actually, Jake Jake Hartman or something. He might Hartman. be using yeah. a VPN that's like transporting him to like the servers in. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What are the odds he's from the United States? Someone kind of like a. Someone that we know, or someone We're close to someone motherfucker. that we know, <laughs> versus one of the odds he's actually from Portugal. Do not take this away from us. <laughs> hey. The bar for be- something being worldwide is so low. <laughs> yeah. We're in two countries. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Pitbull can do it, we can do it. <laughs> no, we got more than those two countries. We got like Mr. Cape Town, South Africa, yeah, w- Lisbon, Portugal, and uh, one other place that I can't remember. <laughs> that Dope. is incredible. We should shout out every single listener. And as we get more <laughs> listeners, we just speed it up really fast. <laughs> so that could be like, uh, we could do the Moore's Law Exponential of growth. Uh, Fanshare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, if you can dream it, <laughs> you can achieve it. Uh, so I have a couple other examples that we can kind of talk through. But uh, does anybody ever, or and does anybody else have like tech examples of Moore's Law? And And then also, have you guys kind of heard about like quantum computing and how it has its own kind of Moore's law. Uh, I can't remember the name of the guy, but um, he's he at like, MIT. Uh, no, he actually works for the company that Google bought. Uh, that's like the farthest along for quantum computing. Is it? It's not Magic Leap. No, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's like a single word, but 
Like meep. So we may hit a capacity for. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh <my> fuck. God, <laughs> <Sam>. <laughs> Do you want me to laugh at the mic or not? <laughs> <laughs> you yes. know what? I thought I either thought that it w- we wanted to have <laughs> Sam laugh in the <laughs> mic. We just we need a higher bar for the joke, Sam. <laughs> 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 and he's only he's the only one laughing at his joke. <laughs> okay. Anyways, but uh, so. We kind of talked about this in, like, when does exponential growth hit, like, its capacity. So, for TVs, it would be 32K, right? There's no point to making, like, something that the human eye can't actually see beyond because, like, there's... Then it's just... Yeah, then it's like, who who are we doing it for? Well, back to that. (laughs) The computers in the future (laughs) that take over the world after the singularity. That's (laughs) adjustable, right? That 32K. There's no really limit. So, we have an analog... Our eyes are analog, right? They're not digital. We don't have pixels going across our eyes. So, and it depends on how close we're looking at something. Yeah. So, if you're like right on top of the TV that's like 70 inches, if you can see, I think it's that if you can see the entire, um, like all of the uh, screen in uh, in your vision, okay. that 32K is like the most that your uh, gotcha. like eyes can process. That so makes sense. Question I'm going to throw out there, though. Um, what does that mean, though, that our eyes can process it, right? Because right now, I'm, I'm guessing the way to test that is noticing differences. Yeah, so maybe your eyes can't tell the difference between reality and the TV screen? Well, ma- I mean, your mind already... I mean, that's how TVs work with really shitty pixelation is your mind kind of completes the image. Yeah, it finishes it. Mm-hmm. But I almost wonder if going beyond 32K, if we might find that the images are a little bit nicer. Um, I'm sure they've done studies on it, research. Do we have a... Clip? Do we have a clip? <laughs> Do we have a clip? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that someone's built a 32K screen. Well, I'm sure. Hold on. Do you think so? Oh, I, yeah. But, totally. but how have, what have that's they done to test it, though? Is it just... That's 8X the current, like, commercially available? The only reason that commercially available TVs are where they are is because... It's expensive. Just building it, the logistics of, yeah, building it and scaling that up to building it quickly and cheaply i mean eventually it goes down though right we're like or sorry uh, eventually the price will go down but yeah if you're if 32k is the point at which we stop like and we're not making things more and more ch- or i guess cheaper and cheaper like i don't know does like once we hit 32k i don't know if it'll ever be commercially available um because well, why wouldn't it moore's law would suggest that it will be commercially available well not if we're like not going past it right so in your computer you're buying x amount of processing power um based on your like the you know whatever quad core octa core chip that you have inside of your uh computer but uh, in my mind like the only reason we have that available to us commercially uh, affordable is because they have something that's way better than that already so it's like Moore's law only applies for your processing power to get cheaper so because I, I they're making the things better than that. It it so doesn't really have anything to do with what comes afterwards. Yeah, it's just it's just the amount of time that people work on it. Like it it doesn't matter if it's the last if it's the caboose on the train, right? If there's if nothing comes after it, if it's if this is as good as we need it to get. It'll still be expensive at the beginning, but then a couple years later down the road, 
uh, people will uh, improve on the manufacturing. The materials will become easier to obtain. It, just like everything on the market now, and that price will come down. Yeah, so, okay, I can see what you're saying. So, like, the manufacturing process, if we build it to the economy of scale, so like once that's when it becomes cheaper. Once it's been right? figured out how to make, like, yeah, you can Im- improve, like, on on the way that you make it, and, and that's what brings the price down. But, like, the tech, like once it's been figured out for the first time, that's you're not going to lose that. Okay. I see you. So eventually, when it becomes viably cheap enough to build 32K TV TVs, I'm going to have one. Cool. Nice. Yeah. I'll, uh, but we'll it be also watching the video podcast <laughs> on that TV. It also won't we'll stop at 32, though. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would you not think it would stop at 32? Because there will be instances where you want a big screen, but you want to put your face up right next to it. Like, you're assuming that that screen's going to be filling your entire field of view and just your field of view oh, so all you're the s- time. So what you're saying is, like, you think that eventually we'll have, like, maybe the thing that you're focusing on is in the back or in, like, one central point of the TV. Yeah, like... And that it's going to fill the rest of your periphery. For example, a digital whiteboard mm-hmm. that's a screen, right? If you're if you're in a classroom and there's a whiteboard, but it's a basically one big TV screen then you know the teacher is going to be right up front on on the screen they're going to be like inches away from it and uh so they're going to want the resolution to be higher than what the students need from the back of the room okay yeah i yeah okay maybe okay (laughs) (laughs) and then also does it jump straight to 64k or do we do like uh because well also the naming will change okay why well, I hope it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the point where you're doing 32 and 64K, uh, should we talk a little bit about how Moore's Law is potentially decelerating and how that might become less relevant of a thing? So that's kind of why I brought up the quantum computing yeah. is because, yes, I do think that Moore's Law will hit the point where it starts like decelerating in speed. Or, I mean, it already did a couple times. It already has. Yeah, so it's down to, like, it's doing the same thing, but every three years now as opposed to every 18 months or two years. Yeah, so Um, I had read, like, it started at a year, and then in 2007 it hit a point where it was, like, 18 months. So, like, a year and a half where it doubled in number of transistors on, like, whatever their measurement is. And then I guess somebody read in 2013 – it's uh, it's hit the three-year mark. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, maybe our computers will hit that point, but my money's on quantum computing, like, surpassing... Because qu- quantum computing isn't just, like, zeros and ones. So the, like, computing power of it, I, I don't know, it has a higher capacity, potentially. What is quantum computing, exactly? So, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, I to, if I were to attempt to drug split it, because I watched one video about it... <laughs> <laughs> Hit it, Mike. Please go. Ahead. Let me just for any uh, just person who knows less than one video. Here you go. <laughs> AKA everybody else in this so, room. So from what I could tell, um, the capacity of a transistor, they keep decreasing the space between the two ends of the um, transistor, so that obviously can fit more on whatever circuit board you're using. But at some point, because of um, just how quantum mechanics works. You even if two pieces are not touching, electricity can still flow between them, 
And so the idea was, how do you actually continue to create the ability to have an on and off switch when the space is so minimal that it's almost non-existent? And how do they measure it? Like Yeah, so and that's how where... You, how do you move that specific signal to, yeah. it, to be able to compute it when it's that small? And then, like, how do you... So that's the idea where, like, where quantum computing comes in. It's like it somehow solves the issue of the most minute space between the two ends of a transistor, and it no longer needs to abide by this rule. Yeah. So that's that's all I know, and that's probably so not the, completely accurate. The silicone <laughs> wafer chips that they're creating right now, they're actually using chemicals to create the little, like, caverns that they lay the metal transistor in. Yeah. Which and, and they're using, like, vibration with the chemicals, and, like, what that allows it to do is, like, make a uniform... Um, was like a uniform line inside of the like the wafer it's yeah. it's just wildly complex uh the stuff like they will do on that level yeah and again it, it's like they're smaller like than the a microscope or like you have to look at them yeah they're on a microscope the, to see it the atomic level right now apparently like the limit for a transistor the space that they're able to create between the two ends is 25 nano um, <laughs> nanometers. <laughs> nanometers. No, I, I and, thought and they it was said they can get to. I thought it was twelve. Was well, it not? maybe it's twelve now. But the idea being, like, they said they could max out at about five. <laughs> well, we split the atom, didn't we, Michael? Because <laughs> <laughs> then you're literally just like individual electrons, like do 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 do. Oh fuck! What is this? Okay. Well, I think I read somewhere in research talking about how they're. I love research. Messing around with Wink, one one atom <laughs> thick transistors. That would wow. <laughs> that'd be intense. Yeah. So I don't know what all that means uh, for my computer at home, but I'm hoping it stays as fast. Eventually, it's not like I'm not going to be able to tell the difference. <laughs> and like the software that I'm running isn't necessary. I mean, I maybe I just don't have the foresight. That's probably more likely. <laughs> um, <laughs> although I was named. Um, most insightful uh, in my work group of friends. Oh, most insightful. I remember or that most poll. Foresight. So <laughs> the um, no, 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 the ah, people in the poll <laughs> were uh, Chris and Ida and Indy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me and the dog. <laughs> yeah, he won most likely to chew things. Uh, He's crushing it right now. <laughs> yeah, he is, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, in my mind, like where we've come <laughs> in technology. Like it's it's actually pretty crazy. Like you think about like Abraham Lincoln, like they didn't even have doorknobs. <laughs> he, he like never touched a doorknob, and like they didn't use what? minutes back then. <laughs> yeah, door, doorknobs <laughs> weren't a thing. I was like, hold on. I, uh, he like, never touched a doorknob. Real. Get the fuck out, that Chris Gibbs. Real. It's just like well, I I had read that, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like it was talking about like human intelligence and and how like there's actually a like an exponential growth in like human intelligence uh, as well and and actually like SAT questions are continually getting harder um and and they're changing it and the scores of the SATs are actually going up with the questions getting harder so like intelligence is one of those things where like it's it's growing and and we have to like come to face it one day that our kids are going to be smarter than us and We'll save a lot of time. <laughs> well, one thing I th- that I think that is a little bit skewed though, because people are definitely taking those exams more seriously as time goes on, and the amount of people that are prepping 
and the average amount of time spent prepping for those tests goes up. But doesn't that make the kids that are taking it smarter since they're prepping better and they're understanding more yeah, I mean, at a younger age? <laughs> you take, yeah, I mean, you could definitely argue that. Yeah. Um, but there are definitely some test-taking strategies and, and specific test-taking approaches True. that can go a long way. But how else do we manage, like, how else would we possibly measure, like, oh, um, <laughs> like, uh, is our population getting smarter or not? Um I don't know. That's a I think that's a very, very, very difficult question. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. But I, I had read that like Abe Lincoln had never used a doorknob or and he also like uh he understood like what a minute was, but like at that time they weren't using it uh in timekeeping. <laughs> they were using like oh fifteen minute or like the like a oh, quarter past or <laughs> half an hour passed. <laughs> He's like, I'm ready so for my speech. Uh, what the fuck speech? is that door? <laughs> yeah, what time is the Four speech? Four scores. <laughs> I gotta fucking say it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. This goddamn door doesn't have a knob. He's like, they can't possibly all have had swing swing hinges. <laughs> Gosh, now I'm depressed. <laughs> for anyone wondering. Lincoln <laughs> suffer with depression. <laughs> So, uh, fun fact: Does anybody? <laughs> <laughs> does anybody? It's ever not very fun. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> does anybody have any good examples of like exponential growth? In, I mean, it can be technology or I mean, really anything. I'll I'll open it up more. I was gonna have sections, um, but I don't think there's. I think technology is the easiest to kind of talk about, especially with associating like exponential growth. Well, I mean, computing um, power is at the root of so many different in i mean really yeah. every industry so in a way we've kind of just talked about everything in the world oh that was easy <laughs> so uh, do we have anything else <laughs> left to talk about in the podcast for the rest kidding. of time so uh chris wanted to have a little section on uh, medicine yeah medicine and medical innovation um and i actually think that it's really interesting when you look at medicine because they um aside from what i just said about Moore's lot of law affecting everything they haven't seen the same they've kind of seen the opposite of moore's law where medical innovation it's increasing but the cost is going up even faster (laughs) or as fast (laughs) as the innovation so you know um if you look at the amount that we're spending on healthcare, why do you think um, that is though why do you think that the the price is going up as the technology gets better is it just like greed yeah, like we like a hundred years ago, we were like, "Oh, I'm I'm feeling on the outside of your body, and this is how I'm like trying to diagnose what's wrong with you inside your body." Yeah. So like now we are sending shit. You explained what how an MRI works, and that that flew through my mind. <laughs> like I I have no idea what you were I saying. I barely ex- I hobbled through an explanation <laughs> of MRI. Anyone that can thoroughly explain how an MRI works is at a different level. So <laughs> impressive. Yeah. Bernoulli. Be- don't they just stick a fluid in you and then it shows up? Uh, yeah, but uh, how does the, the screen? How does it show up on the screen? What is, what is coming off of the, like what are you reading? So <laughs> an like MRI how does it show in the screen is a great example because it's an extremely expensive uh, imaging tool that we have right now, and the machine itself is really really expensive to build because it requires very 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 large <laughs> magnets. Um, and very everything has to be so so precise, um, and so and, and obviously it's not something that we're building on a scale where everyone has one, so you don't have the same economies of scale as you do with like an iPhone. Um, but 
my understanding of MRI stands for magnetic resonance imaging is uh, basically. Oh, I'm gonna butcher this so bad. That's okay. So we're, we're just gonna send this to all of your med school friends. Um, <laughs> we're, we're called the greater fools, Sam. Oh, my! You, you don't take chance. Right. Don't understand this except for like three or four physics majors. Um, <laughs> and even so then. basically, you on a subatomic level, uh, certain particles have spins that are, you know, traditionally called upspins or downspins. Um, yeah, this past weekend I had the spins like the uh, yeah. <laughs> the side the spins. one subatomic particle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> beer lake, am I right? <laughs> beer lake. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you, gosh, what you, a great one, Mike. <laughs> Thanks. All right, keep going. So, so anyway, subatomic particles. <laughs> don't take credit for my joke, Mike. <laughs> oh jeez. So anyway, so you can influence um, the spin of these subatomic particles with large magnets. Um, and if you are alternating, um, changing the magnetic field, you can uh, detect uh, how rapidly, basically, different parts of your body, um, different subatomic particles, switch back to their normal uh, spin. And that helps you generate an image. Did everyone follow that? Nope. <laughs> it is wildly complex and... And good morning. So Welcome incredible. back from <laughs> Science Hour with Sam. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it, I, what blows my mind no, no, about no. MRI is, I mean, there are certainly so many phenomenal technologies out there, but how many, I mean, everyone has heard of an MRI. Yeah. You go to the average person on the street and they've probably heard of an MRI or, or had one themselves um, yeah. or know someone who's had one. Um, but no one has any fucking idea how, how it works. It works. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm, we used to go to the barber to do surgery. <laughs> like, <laughs> that used to be like, oh, what's going oh, on the with barber? You? Why don't we just like bleed you? <laughs> yeah, we're going to These scissors out. bleeding people out oh, the good old oh, days. What was I call it? Like purge? What were they called? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like this guy cuts hair and people. <laughs> he, he cuts them open and does the surgery <laughs> that's where the phrase i will cut you came from yeah. <laughs> that medicinal background <laughs> that like hair or appendix <laughs> <laughs> that uh that spinning red thing used to be like uh oh like there are white cloths and there are like bloody cloths it's like come here for your cuts or your other cuts <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm dead serious about that by the way that's or not a what joke. about the blue stripe isn't there a blue stripe no no. It's just red and white? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I've obviously not been to Barbara in a long time. <laughs> but back to Actually, the cost I'm, sure I'm still kind of <laughs> curious about the, the yeah, why incremental. Like, do you, so is it people just creating patents on inventions and then they're just like, hey, this is $1,000 to just be able to use this? I mean, a big part or of it is probably that? that there isn't an economy of scale for them. Like, they're not going to be able to produce, like, one per person. Yeah. So it never gets cheap because they just haven't hit that, like, tipping point of this is where we can start to lower the cost for it. Do you think... Say it. Uh, there uh, was real quick, there is a blue line in the barbershop pole. <laughs> Maybe in new ones nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> what what Wait, would the blue what? stand Google for? Google image says all of them. <laughs> oh, except that one. <laughs> <laughs> the one that looks oldest. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a bit of fake news. It just looks like a shake weight from this distance. <laughs> Whatever I'm just looking at. Oh, we gotta <laughs> increase the pixels so that Sam can, or so that Mike can read that. Uh, from I think across that's a vision problem. No, it's just like a fucking. <laughs> it's like a Monet painting. Thirty-two K is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta zoom in to really appreciate it. <laughs> 
yeah. classic. Me- medicine is a really <laughs> tough one because, like, we I think about like, okay, so barbers used to do like surgeries, and then somebody realized, oh, we should start like washing our hands before doing surgery, <laughs> and like that happened a hundred years ago. And actually, a lot of stuff happened 100 years ago when we, we started really kicking things off the ground. Uh, Industrial Revolution, all that stuff. Um, this job, America? Yeah. A little more than 100 years. Well, like Industrial Revolution, 150, 160 years ago. Um, either way, though, like medicine has come a long ways in technology. But y- I wonder, does does the cost only i mean is that one of those small things that exponential growth isn't attributable to or i guess it doesn't coincide with like the cost going down is medicine like the only example of that like where the technology's increased i could think of do you you have any any of you like i have a couple examples of where the cost does go down um and uh and you know I, i can't go two weeks without mentioning cheese <laughs> both times <laughs> so uh <laughs> it was just like in the 1960s um th- like people started to become more health conscious and during that time period you saw like this massive influx of two percent and skim milk uh during that time period though there was like a huge and <laughs> i'm i'm like I, I saw a graph a little bit earlier and i'll i should be able to post it in the footnotes um in that graph, though, they were showing, like, okay, skim milk production went up. And then it was like, oh, also, like, f- milk fat, like, excess <laughs> milk fat went up. And then you had to imagine that the lobbyists were like, well, shit, what are we doing <laughs> with all this milk fat? Like, how, what do we do with it? <laughs> you know, like, you know what we're going to do with it? <laughs> we're going to start selling cheese. <laughs> And so, so you're gonna your body's uh, gonna get that fat one way or another. I'm yeah, just, I'm exactly. picturing people coming into like a control room, like, <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir, we've got a surplus of, of milk fat <laughs> from milk. And so, in the like in the 1960s and 70s, like cheese was a thing, but it wasn't near as popular as it is now. And uh, in during a six-year period, there, like the cheese, um, what is it? The cheese consumption spike was exponential in like just a six year period where it finally like started to level off because everybody was eating cheese every day of every their meal <laughs> and uh there were like <laughs> apparently there were like billboards that were like oh <laughs> like trying to sell you on cheese like oh cheese melts on anything the golden age is this what you're telling me <laughs> really yeah, i missed out <laughs> at what point did the fondue set become just like <laughs> is that when it was really born? <laughs> just during this cheese surplus? Problem is, an idea. Fondue is a French word. <laughs> so, so America fun didn't invent that yeah. shit. <laughs> Whoa! But let's say they did. <laughs> so you're you're there, and you're like, oh, we have so much cheese. What do I do with it? Well, you can turn it into a liquid. Here's my fondue set. <laughs> Probably didn't happen. Uh, so that's, and that's w- how Velveeta was born. That's one of my two food industry examples. And uh, the next one is real fun, guys. Uh, so you've, uh, I'm assuming you've all heard the, the phrase like, oh, it's the next, p- or it's, uh, oh, shit. It's the phrase that says the, the next best, best thing since sliced bread. Or, yeah, the best thing since sliced bread. And it's like, well, that's a stupid fucking phrase. <laughs> 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 when was that ever cool? 
Well, turns out in 1928. <laughs> <laughs> well, do I have a story for you? When was that ever cool? In no na- wonder Chris thinks everything cool happened 100 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> in 1928, the first commercial cheese or a uh, bread slicer hit the market, where it actually allowed people to start selling pre-sliced bread uh, at scale. Now. You we might be saying, okay, well, so work. like we've known that we needed to slice bread all along. Like, what's the big deal? It caused such a spike in growth of like people buying, you know, pre sliced bread that the United States made it illegal <laughs> to buy or to sell pre sliced bread because it was You're com- kidding. completely killing the uh, grain economy. <laughs> 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 one invention <laughs> in like three years made them outlaw selling sliced bread <laughs> because they sold too much of it. They did, and this actually cr- like made the United States the bread bowl of the world <laughs> because we demanded our pre-sliced bread. <laughs> <laughs> the bread bowl of the world. <laughs> the bread bowl. Oh man! Sometimes. Oh my god! <laughs> I, don't I love that f- phrase, the bread bowl of the world. <laughs> that should be our national slogan. <laughs> uh, we we're also the almond uh, producers of the world. Bowl. That's a fun one. In the almond bowl. Yeah. <laughs> so there was prohibition, right? Yep. Um, what would you call the outlawing of bread? <laughs> I don't think it was quite an amendment, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but let's say it was. <laughs> uh, Pretty big uh, deal. Shit! If Gluten, I was more creative, <laughs> the bredabition. <laughs> Glute. Yeah. Anyways, we'll work on that. Um, if anyone has any ideas, just email me at. You want pre-cut <laughs> bread? No slice was their slogan when they were <laughs> announcing the bill into Congress. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's funny, though, because it's like, how hard is it to cut your own bread? It's not hard. <laughs> that's <laughs> the point. It's that's so bullshit. funny. <laughs> okay, we I all buy submit that bread, it though. is difficult to <laughs> slice. <laughs> Slicing it without smashing the loaf? <laughs> you just difficult. need a good serrated knife and a nice motion. And a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm just kidding. Actually, honestly, we should go back to the pre-slice days. <laughs> Cutting your own slice fresh, it's good. Yeah, I mean, it probably makes the bread last longer, too. <laughs> it's like mm. looking the meat in its eyes before you kill it. <laughs> 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 totally. Because <laughs> we still have to have the podcast of like what our uh, children will look back and think, oh, I can't believe they did that. <laughs> Podcasting? <laughs> no, I meant like, oh, I Not can't. us personally. Like, oh, I can't believe they burned fossil fuels. <laughs> like, God, they almost fucked up the world. I can't believe <laughs> Sam dated that one person. <laughs> what? Well, they'll probably not the current one. They'll probably do oh, that yeah. too. Okay. <laughs> By the way. I'm not fucking cutting any bread unless it's a baguette. You can just <laughs> suck it, okay? <laughs> I am not cutting anything unless it is French and named baguette. <laughs> Thank you very much. Next subject. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bye, Andy. Hope you I'm find your dad. <laughs> Uh, we all just laughed at a joke that isn't gonna get picked up on the microphone puppy just just went away and uh he said goodbye it'll be in the show notes he's a talker 
Uh, okay, so let's see. Do you guys have I any other ones? did have a couple other ones. Um, all right. So, te- all right, got television, cheese, finish that one. Oh, the uh, <laughs> population. <laughs> Was that good? <laughs> uh, so, uh, population's a fun <laughs> one. Um, and, a, like, I actually What's was reading it, Chris? one specific story of San Francisco. Uh, so San, ah, Fra- San, San Francisco. Francisco at one point Spanish for only had about twenty people. <laughs> San Francisco. What is that Spanish for, Michael? <laughs> A dolphin's vagina. Mm, that was Santiago. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. Wales. St. Francis. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go ahead and cut Thanks. that one out. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> so uh, the population had like 20 people in the Bay Area at one point. And then a, uh, a Mormon settler um, whose name escapes me at the moment, but he actually brought a group of 200 people there at one point. And like just all at once, right? So that's you know that's how a many spike. of those were his wives. Remains to be seen. Anyways, so so he brings those people there, and he's actually one of the initial people that started publicizing that there was a gold rush in <laughs> California, and that's when we saw just like an exponential growth, like just an explosion of people settling in California, and. Hmm. What's funny is he was becoming just filthy rich because he was selling like all the tools and everything that they needed to like start like actually mining gold out there. Um, and Brigham Young actually said, "Hey, no, you got to start, or you you need to start paying your tithing on that." <laughs> and the guy explicitly said. God has to show me a receipt (laughs) and was was excommunicated. (laughs) That is a great line. (laughs) And that is the great, great grandfather of (laughs) Steve Jobs. Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Figure out an excuse how to use that phrase. God God needs to show me the receipt. That's a great line. I want to use that. Yeah. I just don't know when. I'll set you up later this week, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure there's a prime audience. I'm ready for it. <laughs> but just staying, you know, true to form, you know, ever since the beginning, we were uh, the LDS community great salesman. Yeah. Gold rush. Gold is here. Here are your tools. <laughs> Don't buy your tools. <laughs> I'm not responsible. Think about it. That guy Talk ruined the gold rush for everybody else who was trying to keep it on the down low. Yeah, but we <laughs> got for themselves. Dude, but we got a great book. Hashtag Steinbeck. Hashtag Grapes of Wrath. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> <laughs> a great book. Classic. The great book. Great. Uh, it's long. <laughs> it was written a long time ago. You have it's to read depressing. it in high school. <laughs> 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 what was the main character? They, okay, yeah, then it checks all the boxes. They only make you read great books in high school, right? <laughs> trying to think of another high school book. <laughs> Wizard of Earthsea? No, that was like middle school. Did we Tuck Everlasting? But I mean, how many did we read? All of them. I read the first chapter of every single book in school. <laughs> You'd be them. lucky if I read the first chapter. <laughs> Dude, I read them all. I'm big proud of you, Mike. Fan. Honestly, I don't. I, I know I read a lot of them. I just can't remember which ones I like. I remember there was a couple that I was like reading, and I'm like, nobody gives a flying shit <laughs> about this stuff. Like, uh, oh, I the, felt that the all the time. Cr- I don't know what was it? The one where the Scarlet Letter. Oh God, I stopped reading that after like. Ten pages in, I'm like, oh man, 
Yeah, it's like we get the gist of it. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. She had sex outside of marriage. They made her wear a Scarlet A. We and uh, people killed themselves. We actually had to bring different Scarlet letters for different things we were supposed to be ashamed of for uh, our class one time. That's kind of a fucked up thing. <laughs> you know what? In hindsight, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't interested. I don't remember the book, but I remember that. Michael was wearing so. an M for masturbation. <laughs> and also for <laughs> monogamy. <laughs> <laughs> With <Yeah>. himself. <laughs> yes. What a dummy. You <laughs> I wasn't interested in the Scarlet Letter until Emma Stone played her. Okay. Preach. She played her. Let's Shout out to Emma Stone, one of our uh, <laughs> avid listeners. We'd love to have you on the show sometime. Just email us back. <laughs> I know you finished that movie. What was it fucking called? Wanderlust? What was that? <laughs> um, I didn't see that. What are you talking about? No, I think the the one with... Uh, one, what was it? The one... La La Land. Ah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Wanderlust is La a La different Land. movie. Yeah. With Paul so Rudd and a great scene. <laughs> My All mistake. Right. So I am out of uh, topics that are like just talking about exponential stuffs. Um, but what I, I guess, talking about moving forward from that stuff, what does Moore's Law say about um, like cloud computing and stuff like that? Like, or I guess, or not what does it say about it, but what, how does cloud computing factor in? Cloud computing kind of bypasses it does. Moore's Law. In a way, well, your computer has to be able to handle the, um, like the software. I guess does or because if you're cloud, cloud computing, software, cloud computing is just regular computing done from a remote location. Okay, right, and but you could argue that because I can access any supercomputer in the world on my tiny phone, that my phone now has that computing power if your bandwidth is fast enough. But right? the speed at which your phone is accessing that software is going to be regulated by the megabits per second that your phone can. Yeah, but totally. But Moore's law is how many is the size of the transistor? The transistor, right? right. right. And that doesn't change to based on so where yeah. it's ha- taking place. Okay, so that's true. But, but in terms of the user's experience, oh yeah, I guess that's true. So like your software can be even more powerful. Sorry, the software can be even more powerful if your phone can access the internet faster, because now it doesn't have to fit in your hand. Now you can have sure. the computing done somewhere else. It makes it makes it the access for mul- more people easier. So now we're talking like, oh, we don't necessarily have to make the transistor smaller because we can store more transistors in the place where you're doing your computing. So now yes. we're talking like computing speed has nothing to do with Moore's Law anymore. Like, why would you keep pushing the envelope for your it computing speed if you're going to reach a point where, like, your phone can operate faster than your brain can, like, process information? So well now it it's it like... That kind of alludes to the idea of a singularity. Kind of? Yeah. Right. Th- and that Which is I know of less about. Gordon, <laughs> Gordon Moore did talk about the singularity, actually. He's one of the early yeah. people 100%. who was like, oh, this is, like, this is going to happen one day where, like, um, I guess the singularity well, is where human. So that's the Ray Kurzweil thing, where the where humans will merge with yeah. technology, right? Where the computing speed and the ability to actually process things is, uh, as a human versus a computer, just brain wise or otherwise, is just completely taken over by um, what what a computer can do. 
And so I think to whatever I think to that point, maybe that's that's kind of of related. Cloud computing. If you can hook your brain straight into the interwebs. Yeah. Kind of like the Matrix. So Elon Musk is working on this with uh, Neuralink. Oh one man. of his so many, cool. many, many, many companies <laughs> where they want to do um, basically implantable devices to your brain um, that could help you connect to other people or to computers. And so I could just go up to Adam and if we both have Neuralink in our brains, just data transfer. <laughs> <laughs> I just got hit on the head by a puppy. <laughs> so data, data transfer. Data transfer by just... Doing like a a noggin with Adam. <laughs> You're gonna have to start calling me Bernard from Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all gonna become Bernard pretty soon. In that case, I will be Anthony Hopkins. Bernard. <laughs> Wait. W- okay. <laughs> nice accent. I want to go down this rabbit hole, but we're gonna spoil a lot of things, and I don't think we should. <laughs> no, no, let's not go through Westworld right now. <laughs> it's uh, it's too uh, fresh, and I have actually haven't seen the new uh, the new season, so. Don't uh, don't spoil anything. But right, for we'll anyone talk about it later. thinking about watching it, you should watch it. Good. Oh, also uh, talking about like the singularity and technology, um, the new uh, Robert Langdon's the main character Dan Brown book, um, the writer of the Da Vinci Code. His new book talks about like one guy who definitely sounds like Elon Musk <laughs> when they're <laughs> describing him. Uh, when he dies, he like is announcing a specific thing. Um, and that one thing like has to do with this whole like technology, oh, cool uh, singularity thing. So cool. and it's worth it. It's actually it was my favorite of his books. It's the same formula, but still really good. <laughs> nice. So if you enjoyed like Angels and Demons, The Da Vinci Code, um, The Lost Deception Symbol. Point. Uh, Deception Point didn't have Robert Langdon in it, but mm-hmm. it was Dan Brown. Um. But yeah, so it's it's good though. It talks about that same stuff, and it makes like pretty compelling argument for uh, quantum computing as well. Um, he really digs deep into these topics, doesn't he? So. Is there anything else we want to cover? Good you know, good old Morse. You know, I finished last week's episode real hot <laughs> with some big announcements. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, nothing that big right now. <laughs> you can't top that. <laughs> All right, Sam, will you marry me? <laughs> uh, I'm spoken for, Chris. <laughs> me too, actually. <laughs> All right, well, I take it back. Uh, anything else, boys? But if we do it in the next 10 minutes, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> You're the well, only one that's ready to officiate here. <laughs> <laughs> give me 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> actually, give me five. <laughs> I'm all hyped up on Moore's Law mentality. It's a mindset. All right, you know? Adam, you uh, you really have been sending us off well, especially with the uh, the comment Ooh. section episode. Uh, any any last words for exponential growth? Last words. Just uh, try to be on the exponential growth side and not the exponential decay. Am I right? That one really hit. Oh man, I'm so afraid. <laughs> <laughs>